Acts chapter 17. If you have your Bibles and would like to turn with me tonight, we're going to get right into the word of the Lord. Thank you to this praise team for singing and leading us in worship again tonight. What a great job they always do. Acts chapter 17, and I'm going to begin with verse number 21. I would covet your prayers this week. On Tuesday, we have a very important meeting with the city, and this is related to our building project and some unexpected expenses that um, are pretty astronomical that we have ran into, and we are trying to find a way to lower those expenses, and we are meeting with some of the city leaders this week to try to find a route around some of those expenses. So be in prayer that the Lord would guide that meeting and that the Lord would help us. Amen. Also appreciate and covet the prayers for my family this week. Um, I had a cousin a year older than me that passed away last night, and uh, thus my uh, dad had to leave and head back to Texas uh, to be there. And I uh, appreciate the prayers for my family this week. Amen. Acts chapter 17 and verse number 21. For all the Athenians... And strangers which were there spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear some new thing. Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things ye are too superstitious. For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription. Notice now, to the unknown God, whom therefore ye ignorantly worship. Him, he says, declare I unto you. God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is the Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. Neither is worshipped with man's hands as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things, and hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth, and hath determined the times before appointed, and the bounds of their habitation, that they should seek the Lord, if happily they met, they might find might feel after Him, and find Him, though He be not far from every one of us. I'm going to preach tonight declaring the unknown God. Declaring the unknown God. Lord, we need your help tonight. Let the Spirit of the Lord speak into our hearts tonight, Lord. The things that my vocabulary fails, the words I fail to speak tonight, that by your Spirit and your mind and your power, Lord, that you would speak into the lives of every person and every heart and every individual that is here tonight. And Lord, we give you honor and give you glory and give you praise. In the wonderful and matchless and marvelous name of Jesus, we thank you in Jesus' name. 
in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. Turn to two or three people around you and speak to them. Welcome them to the house of the Lord tonight. We live in a world that in some ways is a mirror image of our text. In verse 21, the people spent all of their time doing nothing else but telling or hearing of some new thing. I think it would be safe to say that the world, even the church world that we are looking, that we are living in, if we are not really, really careful, we will get caught up looking for some new thing. Though it's not altogether bad, the world longs both to teach and to be taught. The Bible speaks of that, uh, always seeking to learn and never finding bounds or ends to our learning. We, we hunger for new things. We look for new styles and new designs and new colors and new ways. We search for new methods and new systems and new opportunities. We we vacation to see new scenery. We're always looking for something new. And of course, to a fault, mankind constantly seeks and searches for new possessions. I think it would be absolutely fair to say that many in the church, if not most of us in the church, get caught up in looking for some new thing. We're always looking for a word. We're always looking for something new. We're looking for something that is fresh and something we've never seen before. We're looking to learn something we've never learned before. Many of us are looking for a new word or searching for something. Oftentimes it may even be something that is mysterious or some miracle or some magic wand to be waved, if you please, and to find something that we've never found before. Ecclesiastes tells us. That there's nothing new under the sun, that there is no need for us to continue to look for it because you'll get frustrated in looking, that there's nothing new that is under the sun. Life is a cycle and the things that are old, it's, it's like the neckties that we men wear. They, they go from short to long, they go from narrow to skinny and then they go back wide again. The knots go from wide to small to different ways of tying them. And we learn brand new ways that they knew 80 years ago. And it seems like it's some new ways. You ladies with your shoes are much the same. The heels change, the forms and shapes change. And then I see something and I think, my goodness, that looks straight out of the 70s. And then I find it was bought in a thrift store and probably is. But it's right in style. It was very evident during a mission trip that my wife and I were able to take to Greece, that they're a nation that loves to discuss new ideas. I've often described Greece as a country that believes they are so far that, that believes that they are ahead, and they believe that they are so far ahead of the rest of the country that they are really behind. It's a shame to be so far behind that you think you're in the lead. As we were there, we were able to visit the cafes and coffee shops and restaurants. It's a whole different lifestyle there 
very laid back and relaxed. Everything happens in a social environment of the community. It fit right into being apostolic. Everything happened around the dinner table. Everybody laid back and sit back in leisure. Going to a restaurant was a three-hour event. I think some of the restaurants locally here are trying to turn this into a little grease. We were there. We discovered that people love to discuss new ideas and new things. They love to tell you about new things. They love to, to talk about them. It's, it's in their culture. It's not something new. It is part of the culture of that of that region of the world and as we were there we were able to take a journey up Mars Hill where our text took place and here at Mars Hill it's located just a few hundred feet from the Acropolis of Athens and on this highest point of the city where these temples were built to their mythological gods among these was the Parthenon built and dedicated to the goddess of Athena and there at the Parthenon in Greek mythology we learned that there were 12 gods and goddesses that were worshipped there and they were gods and goddesses that they believe in Greece and Greek mythology that it, they were the gods of the universe and that they ruled from atop this great mountain and literally believed that the entire universe was ruled from this location. It's part of their culture. It's what's in them. They believe that they are the epicenter of the world. They believe that all things began there and branched out from there. And they have gods and all sorts of different things that they believe. We went to some of their religious centers while we were there and it was quite interesting. As a matter of fact, I maybe should not describe it as interesting, rather spooky. Strange, weird, very uneasy at some of the places that we went to and just to find their methods and ways of worship and all of the different views that they come from. They, they have gods and goddesses to everything and they have altars built there. And here atop this, this place called Mars Hill that our text takes place in is the Parthenon and it would have been standing in Paul's day and there they had altars that were built and they had them and on them was inscribed the names of the gods that the altars were built to. And the names of the gods of Athena and Zeus and Hera and, and Poseidon and Hades and uh, Aphrodite and Apollo and Ares and Ar Aramis and uh, Hephaestus and Hestia and Hermes, all of these different gods that were worshipped and they had altars built to them and cabinetry and woodwork and carpentry that was engraved with their names and titles. And the Apostle Paul would have seen those much similar to the way that we would have seen those in the day that we went there. Great big stone places and statues and figures and pillars and columns and around them there in the middle of all of these names is an inscription on an altar and the inscription on the altar here at Mars Hill was a very strange inscription because the inscription says to the unknown God. Here among the rocks of Mars Hill the men would gather to discuss their myths and to tell and hear of some new thing. And it was in this setting that our text describes the good apostle Paul 
as he approaches, no doubt, he overheard the discussing of mythological gods and politics and the rulers of the world. And it was this magnificent temple, the Parthenon, that even is outstanding in this day and in that day and age, it would have been a wonder of the world. It was built there to worship their gods with so many uh, that would gather there without reservation. They would begin to worship and they're very outspoken in the European culture and they would speak boldly and strongly and they would be in one another's faces. If you saw it here today, you would be dialing 911 because you would think a fight was about to break out and it was only a friendly conversation. But they're so passionate about what they believe and so straightforward with their approach and their aggression. And they would speak one to another and they would be yelling and they would be posturing and they would be throwing their arms and hands and frowning their bodies at one another as they would yell back and forth over small issues. I was uncomfortable. But not the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul made his way there and without any reservation at all. He was, a, he, he was accustomed to that culture. He, he understood the culture and he walked in and began to speak boldly and yell to them from atop Mars Hill. Ye men of Athens, he began to speak. I perceive that in all things you are too superstitious. I would guess the place would go quiet. It would go silent as they would turn to look. What do you mean too superstitious? Don't you understand this is our culture? Don't you recognize this is who we are? Don't you understand where you are? You're atop the place of all the gods that rules the universe. And here you come to declare unto us that we are too superstitious. For the Apostle Paul continues in the 23rd verse and he says, For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, he's saying, I heard you as I, as I listened and I walked by. I heard you talk and as I walked by, I found an inscription. And the inscription that I found that I want to address is there was an inscription on an altar that said to the unknown God. And then he goes on and he tells them that they ignorantly worship him. But he says to them, it is this God that I want to declare unto you. It's a God you don't know about. It's a God you've never discussed. You want to know something new? I'm here to tell you something new. I'm here to describe to you about a God that you've never considered. I'm here to tell you about a God, a God of love, but his name is not Zeus. I'm here to tell you about a God, but he's not Aphrodite. I'm here today to tell you about a God that is completely different from any God that you have ever known. What a tragedy to be so spiritually minded, but not to really know who God is. There are a lot of people in the world today that worship all sorts of things of this world, but they really don't know God. The gods of possession and the gods of knowledge and the gods of hobbies and the gods of popularity. The gods of image and status and pride and greed. Paul said, as I come by, I saw an altar to the unknown God. I want to preach to you about an unknown God, the apostle declares. I came tonight to talk about this unknown God. 
I came tonight to declare the same unknown God that the Apostle Paul preached as he stood on Mars Hill because I want to tell you tonight that if you don't know him and the power of the Holy Ghost and if you're living after this world and the things of this world, you're missing out on the greatest thing that has ever happened. I know we're a few days away from Black Friday and we'll hear reports of people getting trampled over, ran over, robbed, stabbed, beat up over getting a deal to get something new. But can I come tonight and tell you about a God that has brand new manna every morning? Can I come today to tell you that His mercies are new every morning? Can I come tonight to tell you that there is a God that's got something fresh in store for your future? You don't have to leave here the same old way that you came, but you can leave here different than the way that you came. I want to declare to you a God that you may have forgotten. I want to declare to you tonight a God that may be on the backside of your problem. I came here tonight to preach to you a God that you may not even know. The Apostle Paul declares, I declare unto you this God that you do not know. What he is saying unto them that day is that you can know him. The incredible thing about this wonderful God that we serve is that He is a God you can know. You can have relationship with Him. You can have a personal relationship with Him. You can know Him in the power of the Holy Ghost. You can know Him in a way that you've never known anything in your life. You can know Him up close and personal. Matthew chapter 1 declares to us, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call His name Emmanuel, being interpreted is God with us. I came today to declare unto you a God that you can know because He is not far from us, but He is a Emmanuel, God with us. Isaiah came uh, 530 some odd years before his birth and he said, for unto us a child is born. He's not even a twinkle in his, in his mother's eye. His mother was not yet even living. But I came today to declare unto you, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. All you got to do is just plug in one name that will fit into every category that, that Isaiah began to prophesy prophesy about for unto us Jesus is born for unto us Jesus is given the government shall be upon the shoulders of Jesus and Jesus' name shall be called wonderful Jesus counselor Jesus the mighty God his name is Jesus the everlasting father his name is Jesus and Jesus is the prince of all of our peace I come today to declare unto you that Jesus is the answer for the world The Apostle Paul says in Colossians chapter 2, For in who? In, in him. For in Jesus dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him. In Jesus. His name is Jesus. I came to just preach a little Jesus to you tonight. 
I didn't come with something new. I didn't come with something that you've never heard before. I come tonight to declare unto you the same thing that the apostle declared in Acts chapter 17. I came tonight to declare unto you that Jesus is the answer for the world. The answer for the world is not in politics. It's not in a better program. It's not in, it, the, the, the answer for the world is in Jesus. Jehovah of the Old Testament has become Savior of the New Testament. Isaiah goes on writing in his prophetic anticipation, for for he was wounded for our transgressions. Who? For Jesus was wounded for our transgressions. For he, Jesus, was bruised for our iniquities. He's, remember, he's not even born when Isaiah is writing about him. The chastisement of our peace was upon Jesus. And with the stripes of Jesus, we are healed. I want you to know healing's not in the hands of the doctors. They have good work to do. As a matter of fact, I want to give honor where honor is due. I got a, a, a text message today from uh, Pastor Tim Rodriguez. His wife has been very sick and in the hospital. He sent a little message to me today complimenting Sister Marna Blodgett. said, you have one of the most precious people in the world that attends your church. She was my wife's nurse and she was just incredible. Thank God for medical science, but there's no healing in medical science. Healing is in the Lord Jesus Christ. We can do everything we can do. We can go so far. We understand some things about taking care of the body. We understand some things about healthy living. We can understand some things we can do to help ourselves. But when it really comes down to it, Jesus is in control of everything. She had internal bleeding. They began to pray. The church begins to pray. He sent a text message out later today and said the bleeding has stopped. No more surgery is going to be required. Jesus has made a way for us. Thank God for everything medical science can do. But let me tell you tonight that Jesus is still the answer for healing. Jesus is still the answer for everything in your life. You got a problem? Insert Jesus. I don't know about you. I get a hold of some medicine. I want to read about it. I want to know the side effects. I'm rolling through. I'm scrolling through. Tell me what the, the side effects are. I, I got a headache. Let me see if I can take something for a headache. Let me pull it up. May cause kidney failure. May kill brain cells. May affect more unborn children. May cause cancer in California. May cause you to be crazy, lose your mind. I had a friend call me the other day. He said, I, I got some health problems, major health problems. He said, you're one of my closest friends. Been with me through thick and thin. He said, I got to talk to you. He said, if you see anything in me, he said, I'm on this real strong medicine. He said, it's known to cause schizophrenia. He said, this is serious, Phil. He, he, he just said, listen, he said, you got to understand. He said, you're going to get around me. He said, if you think I'm acting strange, he said, you go to my wife and tell her, He's acting strange. Get him to the hospital and get him off of that medicine. He said, because I don't want to be crazy. He said, but if I don't take it, well, he said, I could die from it. But he said, of course, the medicine says that it could kill me as well. Sometimes we don't know. So I read all about it. I want to know all the symptoms and side effects so I can know it may cause nausea, dizziness, swelling. may cause your wife to be mad at you. And you read through all the symptoms that it's going to cause, and you think, hmm, headache's not so bad. 
I came home from the doctor with the most excruciating back pain I've ever had in my life. They gave me some medicine. And uh, when I woke up three days later, <laughs> very little exaggeration there, I woke up with the craziest headache I ever had in my life. Couldn't hardly stand to open my eyes. I felt crazy and weird. And, and my wife says, it's time to take some more medicine. He's been quiet for three days. I said, no, thank you. Take that stuff and flush it down the toilet. What do you mean? That's expensive medicine. Absolutely. But I tell you what, the back pain is not as bad as the side effect. People are always looking for something. They're always looking for something. And sometimes we have a way that, that may not be God's way. But I want to declare to you tonight a God that is still in the healing business. And you don't have to worry about a side effect. People may still say you're crazy when you come to church on a Sunday night and you're up here worshiping and they're like, what's wrong with him? Nothing. You should have seen what they looked like at the bar last night. You should have seen what they looked like down at the club. I thank God that I'm saved and sanctified. Let them make fun of me for lifting my hands. Let them make fun of me for clapping my hands. Let them say something about the way I worship. But I'm talking about a God that is alive and on the throne. He's still my healer. He's still my problem solver. He's still able to make a way out of no way. I go through that pill bottle. What in the world? Boy, I need to make sure. Set the clock. I want to take this stuff by the book. This is supposed to be good stuff. It's going to fix me. It's going to make a way. Can I just insert a little something here to do you tonight? Sometimes what we need to do is insert a little Jesus into our life. I'm not just talking about physical situations. I'm talking about in everything. You got a problem in your life? Insert Jesus. You got a problem in your marriage? Insert Jesus. You got a problem at work? Insert Jesus. You got a problem with your finances? Insert Jesus. Go to the Word of God and see what it's speaking into your life. Put a little Jesus in the middle of what you've got going on and you might find that the symptoms are going to go away because Jesus does more than remove symptoms. Jesus gets to the root of the problem and makes a way out of no way. You can serve any God you want to serve, but I came tonight to declare the unknown God that rules the universe. It's not some goddess on some temple, top somewhere in Greece, but I come tonight to preach about a God that is alive and on the throne that the world is at his fingertips that he created the hills and mountains and he weighed them in the balances in the palm of his hand heaven is his throne and the earth is his footstool the stars have to move into place at his spoken word the sun stands still at his spoken word I come tonight to declare that whatever you have in your life Jesus Jesus is the answer. Oh, somebody give him praise tonight. We don't have to get too far in the scripture to talk about God. Genesis 1 and 1, in the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. We get in the New Testament. John declares... In the beginning, now you can quote it, was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. What I came to tell you is before there was ever a beginning, there was a God. 
And before there was ever an ending, there is God. And right here in the middle, there is God. What I'm trying to speak to somebody tonight is before you ever got in the middle of your situation, God was already ahead of you. God was already there. He was already making a way for you and you haven't even been in it yet. He already had a path paved for you to get out of it before you ever got into it. And before you ever got into it, he already saw you out the other side of it. Somebody tonight night needs to know that God is still able to make a way out of no way. When you can't see a way out, Jesus is the way out. When you don't know what you're going to do from here, Jesus is your way out. Just insert a little Jesus into your problem. Insert a little worship into your problem and God will make a way for you out of no way. Oh, somebody give the Lord praise tonight. Genesis starts with in the beginning God and Revelation 1. He says, I am Alpha and Omega. I'm the first letter in the alphabet and I am the last letter in the alphabet. What I'm trying to declare to you tonight is you can sit down. How many of you do crossword puzzles? You do crossword puzzles? You get in the middle of doing your crossword puzzles and you're trying to find words and you're fitting words in. And you know, you're trying to find a way to make it work. What the Lord is saying here is I am Alpha and Omega. I am everything from the beginning to the ending and everything in between. So when you have a problem, all you got to do is just know if I look to Jesus, human hands may not be able to do it. But he doesn't need human hands because he can make a way out of no way. And here's what he said in verse 27, that they should seek the Lord if happily they might feel after him and they might find him. (laughs) Oh, I wish I could preach this like I really feel it. I wish I could tell you what I really feel in my spirit tonight. When you begin to seek after the Lord, don't think you're going to have to go through it on your own. When you begin to seek after the Lord, what I'm trying to tell you tonight is when you seek after him, you're going to find him because he's going to show up on the scene. When you speak the name of Jesus, he's not far from you, the scripture says. Though he be not far from every one of us. Verse 27 of my text tonight declares that the Lord is not very far from us. So what I am saying to you is when you speak the name of Jesus, you don't have to get nervous and wonder, is he ever going to hear? Is he ever going to know? He's, his ear is not deaf. His arm is not short. He is not slack concerning his promises. But I want you to understand something tonight that when you speak the name of Jesus he's not far from you he's right there at the mention of his name he is a God that can be touched and is touched with the feeling of our infirmities when you speak the name of Jesus he'll be right there I'm reminded of the I'm reminded of the one that stepped out on the boat his name was Peter and he stepped out at the beckoning word of the Lord and when he stepped out of the ship and stepped out 
on faith, he then began to look around. And the Bible said that he saw the wind boisterous. He saw the waves and he saw the storm. There we find ourselves in this text. We find ourselves in the middle of the storm, in the middle of the complication, in the middle of the distress. And all we see is distress. And all we see is problem. And all we see is complication. And all we see is wind and waves. But I come tonight to tell you that when he began to cry out the name of Jesus, Jesus didn't have to come walking on the water to get to him. But the Bible said that he reached out his hand and he touched him and he lifted him up. That means that the whole time that Peter was feeling alone, feeling like he was in despair, Jesus was there with him in the middle of the storm. What I'm trying to preach and declare to you tonight is in the middle of your storm, Jesus is right there with you. Right in the middle of your situation, Jesus is right there. Just begin to call on his name. Just begin to speak his name. There was a lot of folks here in the front tonight for prayer. There was a lot of folks that probably should have come forward for other things in your life. But right where you are tonight, you can lift up a hand and begin to say, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, come on the scene. In the name of Jesus, come on the scene. And I want you to know that he will come on the scene where you are because he's not far from us oh come on somebody give the Lord praise in the house doctor told a man he said I don't believe there is a God the man asked how can you say that or the man asked the doctor how can you say that the doctor said, sir, you can't see him. You can't taste him. You can't smell him. You can't hear him. You can't feel him. He said, oh, yes, I can feel him. He said, well, still yet. Four out of five senses tells me that there is no God. The man replied to the doctor, can you see pain? Can you taste pain? Can you smell pain? Can you hear pain? Can you feel pain? He said, Doctor, I have just as much reason to believe in Jesus as you have to believe in pain. I want you to understand tonight that in the middle of your pain that Jesus is still the answer. When you seek him, you will find him. He doesn't hide from you. He's not far from you. When you seek him, he will come to where you are. I close with this because the scripture says that he is not far from us. Look around you. You can't see him. But the preacher's telling you he's not far from you. What I'm trying to tell you tonight is that if you'll just extend a little faith and you'll begin to call on his name, you're going to discover that he's right there with you in the middle of your situation. He is as close as the mention of his name. I ask you tonight, how long has it been since you've reached out and touched the Lord? How long has it been since you have reached out and found him? I want you to know tonight that Jesus is near unto you. He said a broken and a contrite spirit he would in no wise cast out. 
that he is very near unto them. He is very near unto them. Stand with me all over the room tonight. Whatever you're going through, whatever you face, whatever you deal with, I declare unto you a God tonight that is there with you. You can list every book that you've ever read, every seminar you've ever been to, every great speaker that you've ever heard, every great preacher that you've ever heard, every great church you've ever been to. You can talk about every service that you've been through, but I came tonight to declare to you that there is a God that is greater than every preacher you've ever heard, that's greater than every church you've ever been to, that is greater than every book you've ever read, I came tonight to declare to you that there is a God that can change your situation, but you have to put it into his hands. You can be on top of the greatest, most mysterious, most mythical place and feeling like that the universe is ruled from this pedestal of the world. But I come tonight to declare to you that your universe can be ruled by Jesus. Your chaos can be ruled by Jesus. Your storm clouds can be, can be resolved by Jesus. Lift your hands all over the room right now. Father, I speak peace in the middle of the storm right now. In the name of Jesus, I declare healing to those tonight that need healing. I declare freedom to those that are in bondage tonight. I declare right now in the name of the Lord, I declare the name of Jesus over every situation. I declare the name of Jesus is higher. I declare the name of Jesus is greater. I declare the name of Jesus is over and above. You rule above all. I declare the name of Jesus over every worry, over every fear, over every every doubt right now I declare the name of Jesus it's greater it's higher it's more awesome and more powerful now church reach over lay hands on somebody next to you let's turn this whole house into a prayer room right now pray one for another come on let your faith out right now let the name of Jesus ring out over this auditorium tonight let the name of Jesus be raised let God arise let the enemy be scattered Come on, you can pray right where you are for a moment. Step across the aisle if need be. Find somebody to lay hands on and pray.